Hey guys, welcome to the Get in the Fight podcast. I'm your host, Nate Whitson. Super grateful to have you. If you're stumbling across this, have no idea how you got this, or maybe you have a friend who sent this to you, it's because they care about you and they want you to live a bigger, better life. That's really our mission is to target uh, Christian men who just have that deep sense that there's more, that there's something more that's missing and that they they just want to fight for a bigger, better life. And so we want to try to become the men that God meant for us to be. We wrestle with that question a lot. Like if God had something in mind when he made us, what would that look like? What would that be like? What does that uh, operate like in real life? And so we pursue those questions and I'm super grateful today to uh, bring on Brant Hansen. In fact, I have his book here. You can see what this looks like. This is one of his books, the book that we're going to talk about today, Unoffendable. Speaking about, you know, living a bigger, better life, this is called Unoffendable, How Just One Change Can Make All of Life Better. So it's kind of interesting. It fits right into the wheelhouse of the conversations that we have. Uh, so we're going to talk about that, but I'm super excited. Brant, thank you for being here. Um, Brant is a best-selling author, a nationally syndicated radio host. He's been named Personality of the Year multiple times. Like, if you're going to ever get an award, I mean, first of all, <laughs> Personality of the Year award multiple times by Christian music broadcasters. He was called Christian Music's Most Beloved Radio Personality by Christian Voice Magazine. Writes about varied topics related to faith, including masculinity in his book, The Men We Need, and talks about forgiveness in this book today that we're looking at on Offendable. A book, a book in which he was recently interviewed on ABC's Good Morning America. Brant lives in Florida with Carolyn, his wife of 33 years. They've got two grown children and are super excited about a brand new grandchild. So congrats on the grandchild. Thank you Thank so much you. for being here today. Man, my pleasure. This is awesome. So let's just jump right into it. I want to, tell, I want to start this conversation off this way. Before I came down here a few minutes ago, we're a homeschool family wife's up there with the kids. And I said, I'm so pumped to meet Brant and talk about this book. I'm so excited about this conversation. And my oldest daughter, who's 18, almost 18, said like, oh, what, what's it about? And I was like, well, we're going to talk about anger and righteous anger. What is this? What does this mean? And it was really funny because my wife's like, well, what do you think about that? And I was like, I'm really, I think, I think there's something to be said about this. So this is really fascinating to me. She's like, well, I'm not really sure. Like in the Bible, there's lots of times, you know, that there's this righteous anger. And I know we're kind of jumping right into some of the stuff. That's great. Great. But it was so awesome because she was like, I think she represents a lot of how I was coming into your book. And Ooh. so let's just jump into that and say there's this issue with anger and being offended. That's just like it's in the Bible. It says it's OK. And I think we've embraced that for so long. What say you to that conversation for that guy listening today? Well, it's shocking, but it's not in there. I mean, righteous anger is in there for God. So God can be angry. He's also entitled vengeance. That's in there, too. Like there's things that are his purview because he's sinless and we're not. There's no episode or instruction about when we should hang on to anger. Like saying you have righteous anger. I mean, if it's righteous, we should hang on to it, right? So uh, there's just no instruction whatsoever. And it's shocking. So I'm like your wife, or I was like you when I first started looking into this. And I, I just wanted some answers from people. I, just, I was earnestly asking, like, how long are we supposed to stay righteously angry about stuff? Because there's something every day in the news yeah. that's legitimately angering. There's stuff that people do to you every day. There's stuff that you've gone through maybe 20 years ago that's, like, so horrible. There's trauma. There's injustice. There's suffering. Like, 
I, I honestly was like, how long do I maintain the righteous anger? And I never got a straight answer from anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Then, it's very fascinating. Yeah. And I, I read uh, Dallas Willard said something. And I'm, a, I'm a big fan of his, but he said, actually, anger is American Christians biggest problem mm. because they're not taught out of it. How so? so like, never, like, tell us about that. Like, what is the problem with it? Do you think, or at least that he says, or that you think about that? Well, he, he said that. I thought that's really fascinating. It's like, mm -hmm. because like other, other things you're taught, Hey, you know what? I shouldn't commit adultery or I shouldn't be stealing stuff from people or I shouldn't be greedy or I should like, but anger, we, we made that into a positive thing, even though in the Bible, there's no precedent. Like it's not in the fruit of the spirit list. There's no, it's not love, joy, peace, anger, gentleness, faith. Like anger is always listed the bad stuff. We're told to get rid of it before the sun goes down. Yeah. So the Bible acknowledges that, that it'll happen. It's a fight or flight response. It's understandable that it happens, but we're instructed to get rid of it because it's going to kill us. Mm. So that's the actual biblical wisdom about it. All the Proverbs about anger are negative. It even says if anger lives in someone's lap, it's the lap of a fool. Mm. Like it's always negative. So uh, the fact I think Willard was saying the weird thing about this is that we have all these consequences from anger, but we're not taught like, wait a second, what are we doing? We don't, we're not capable of righteous anger. And I would, I would in a friendly way with your wife or with anybody in a friendly way say, okay, I'm just curious. How do you know your anger is righteous? Mm. I'd be really yeah. curious about that. Like, honestly, so that, that's just one thing to start the conversation, but yeah. biblically you can't find it. And that was shocking to me too. Yeah. You, you know, when you mentioned the fruit of the spirit, I, I, I heard you say this in one of the other uh, podcast interviews you've done. I think it's a really fascinating thing to focus on. If we just look at that alone, right? Like when the Holy right. spirit overtakes our lives, what part would anger play in any of that list? Yeah. It doesn't enhance your judgment. It doesn't, this is, that's, that's another point that Willard made is like anything you do with anger, you can do better without it. Mm. People think they need it or I won't do anything like, well, that's a problem. That's a, that's a deep seated. If, if you need anger to like protect yeah. your kids, yeah. you need anger to do the right thing. Like maybe you can be motivated by something different and you'll actually do it better. Yeah. Out it. So what do you, what do you find in your research and conversations? Like what's the benefit? Like, why do we have anger then? Is a sure. What, what's a good part of it? I think it's a great question. I think this gets to something too, which I, I know you want to talk about, which is like how it ties in with masculinity for a lot of the guys who are listening, but anger is a response to threat. It's an emotional response. Um, it can be like a, a warning on a dashboard, like, okay, we have a problem. Mm. It can be fight or flight response. And this is really key. And, I, and I'm sure you've heard me talk about this too, but it's just so important to understand this. The fight or flight response, yeah, that's going to happen. It's a, it's, a, it's a response to threat. So that's just like an animal. And I, I keep quoting this guy, Robert Sapolsky at Stanford. He's an he's a atheist, but he said, he wrote a book called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. And his whole point was that we're the only creatures on the planet that can take that anxiety, anger response and keep it. Mm. We can hang on to it. See, yeah. a zebra gets that fight or flight response to escape a predator and it's all triggering all of this physical, you know, these physiological changes, but it's over quickly. Mm -hmm. It's not supposed to last. 
Yeah. So we're the only ones capable of imagining threats that haven't even happened. We can think of something that might happen next month. Oh, this could happen, that could happen, and be worked up about it so that we have a fight or flight response. We can be angry about something that happened 20 years ago right? because we don't let it go. And it takes this toll on your body, starts with ulcers. That's the, like, it, it's your heart, it's your blood pressure, it's your insulin levels, it's your you know adrenal glands. It's your, like your entire body is affected by this. And um, so that's what anger is. And that's the reason the Bible is so brilliant when it says, when you're angry, do not sin and be sure to get rid of your anger before the sun goes down. Yeah. Wisely saying we should be more like the animals and we can't we can't hang on to this stuff. Yeah. 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 That's a really fascinating idea of even just thinking that picturing the idea of holding on to it. I'm just going to keep this. I'm just yeah. going to hang on to this for a little while because I think it benefits my life and makes me live a bigger life, a better life somehow. And yet we never even process it like this. That's what th these conversations and podcasts are so beautiful for that reason. Well, it forces you into humility to say, okay, I'm not going to hang on to anger. I have to forgive people. Mm -hmm. And I don't forgive people because they deserve it. I forgive people because God forgave me. I didn't deserve it. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to put up with an abusive relationship. You still have boundaries. You still can make decisions, but you don't do it out of anger. And that changes everything. Yeah. And to, instead of living with this for the rest of your life, and I make this point often too, but it's like, if you think, well, I'm going to stay angry at this person. What, what he did was so wrong. You mean I have to forgive that? You don't have to. It's up to you. Mm -hmm. You can suffer the consequences of unforgiveness. That's up to you. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, if you don't forgive that person, they are in your head the rest of your life. Like they occupy a space. You're still in relationship with them. Yeah. Because right. you didn't forgive them. And it, what Jesus is giving us in this way of forgiveness is freedom from that. Like yeah. what? this is a better way to live. Yeah. You, and you mentioned humility with it earlier too, that kind of just really, you think about like the, those pillars of a, the best life possible. You talk about humility and forgiveness. I mean, two major, major issues. And in fact, again, thinking of my audience and, and my heart in this conversation is men in particular with those two issues. Yeah. To, to yeah. not be able to forgive and, and you're like, again, the imagery that you give is so great, but just holding on to it or just hitching onto it and saying, I'm just going to stay committed to this thing for life, thinking we got a better life somehow. Yeah, it, it will interfere with your relationships. It'll sabotage marriages. It'll interfere with your relationships with your kids. And I'm not I'm talking about anger you can have against somebody else, but yeah. it interferes with your own spiritual growth. It it causes stress at home that doesn't need to be there. You can have a lighter existence and yeah. be a better man if you're willing to forgive somebody. The difficulty is in our cultures, you know, like a lot of guys associate anger with being masculine. Yeah. Like it's like it's some masculine emotion. It's not. Yeah. Anybody can get angry. Toddlers get angry, right? I mean, it doesn't mean you're you're operating as as a big man. A man who is a man of action, however, mm -hmm. well, now we're talking. You mm -hmm. provide security for people around you. People aren't like the vulnerable in your home. Don't feel insecure because you're there because you're not angry. Anger yeah. makes people insecure. Precious people around you are insecure. That's the opposite of masculinity. You're actually betraying your role as a protector and provider of security mm. when you're operating out of anger. I heard you say this and it just makes me rem remember this. And in fact, like at some point, not in today's conversation, but maybe at some point you'll be 
willing to come back on. I would love to talk about your other book, The Men That We Need. Um, sure. But when you're talking about this, I heard you mentioning this. And I thought this was super fascinating. This idea of this cultivating the garden and that we actually become the abusers of it, that our wives and our children would be afraid of us because of anger and these things and all that it produces, all of the sideline issues that come with anger. When I heard you speaking on that one time, I thought, man, that is such a sobering conversation for some guys listening to this today that you actually, in your anger, become the abuser in your home. Speak yeah, more maybe on that idea. So there was a great uh, point. It was in the book, The Masculine Mandate, but I, with attribution, I included it in my book too. There was a, a guy who was mentioning that realization because we'll all pat ourselves on the back. It's a pretty baseline thing. We'll say, well, I, I'm the defender of my home. If anybody mm -hmm. tried to mess with my wife, you know, somebody broke in an intruder, try to mess with my wife and kids, I would take them out. Well, I get it. That's cool. Um, but this one guy had a, an epiphany. He said, you know, I thought about that and I pat myself on the back for it. And then I realized that doesn't happen very often. Mm -hmm. More often, I'm the intruder. Mm. I'm the threat with my words, with my anger, with my lack of encouragement for my wife. Like, I'm actually the one who's bringing in the insecurity and I should be this, this source of security because I'm home. Everybody feels better about things. Yeah. Like that's what you want. And that, that hit me too. And I, when I saw that, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be more responsive. I'm going to be kinder. I'm going to be gentler with my wife and kids. Mm -hmm. And this is well into my marriage. I've been married 33 years, but it's like, we can still change. Yeah. So the guys who are listening to the podcast, like don't take it as a, Hey, he's stepping on my toes. They make it's like, Hey, we get to change. And that's a yeah. pretty cool thing. And when people see us change, even later in life, they're like, that's really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really brings out that question. Like, and you mentioned it, like, what is, what is a real man? You know, mm. a real man, like yeah. it takes a real man to be able to go away. I'm the offender. I thought yeah. I was the protector that there's nothing stronger than recognizing the problem. Oh, it's, it's extremely strong. And, even guys, I've run into guys like 70, 75 years old. Well, I'll mm -hmm. talk to all ages or whatever, but I'm so impressed. I've had some of them say things like, you know what? I never thought about it this way. And I'm going to tell you that stops now. Yeah. My behavior stops now. And, I, and I'm like, I cannot tell you how much I respect that. And even if your kids are grown up out mm -hmm. of the house and you're like, oh, I blew it. I was an angry dad. It's not too late to tell them, you know what? I'm changing. I want you to know that. Yep. And it, it, that's still powerful. It's even more powerful if a guy's like, I'm not going to be stuck in my ways and just go, yeah, it's just who I am. You got to deal right. with it. Like, no, 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 I'm going to grow up still. That's right. Yeah. We're, we're afraid of being vulnerable or, or, or appearing weak. So we don't want to say, Hey, Brant, like this is where I'm struggling. This is like, I've got this deep seated anger and I can't get rid of it or whatever the issue is. Right. And yet it's the yeah. very, very opposite. The devil's such a jerk. <laughs> He's such a totally. liar. <laughs> it's the you strongest know, I thing. A, I was in a uh, sports forum the other day online. I can't remember what the topic was. Oh, literally, I had a Chelsea jersey on. Like, it was a soccer thing, right? And so people get worked up about soccer. And then any comment thread anywhere is just people are ready to be combative. And this guy just jumped all over me for what I – an innocuous comment I made. And I, I, I called him out on it. He got a bunch of likes too, because he was very vitriolic in his response. And I said, I, I'm not even sure why you're responding this way. 
And he apologized, which you never see, like on a worldwide sports forum or whatever, right. people are giving their happy. And people, and the response to him was, that's really cool, man. You don't see that very often. He's like, hey, I got to own my stuff. Maybe. And I'm like, the truth is, anger is not strong. Right. It's the path of least resistance. If you, as a man, apologize to your kids or your wife, or your friends or any, if you're willing to say, you know what, I'm sorry, I'm going to change. Mm -hmm. You run the, you run a real risk of having people like you is what happens. No doubt. No doubt. You have a real, real risk of people going, man, I respect that. Cause I don't know how to do that. That's, right. um, that's strong. Like that's you said, right. it's, it's just strong. I love that. Uh, well, let's talk about when it's not like some of these things I can think of and I, I internalize and I'm personalizing the story of anger. And I think, okay, this is true when it's about me or my family, but I'll give you an example. Yesterday, we're watching uh, like a Dateline type show, and this monster dude basically comes out and he uh, puts these boys at gunpoint. He molests this boy, stranger, ends up killing him. It's just this terrible, terrible story. And at the end of the story, I'm so pissed off. Like, <laughs> I'm like, is this not? I know I'm talking to you today, of course, and I'm watching this, and I'm just yeah. like, I have to ask him. <laughs> What do I yeah. do about that? Because as a man, like he's not my kid, but as a man, I want to be protective of people and I see the injustice. And then at the same time, just to kind of give you like the big perspective of it, we're also watching what's happening in Israel and you yeah. hear these stories. And I just think as a man, there's a piece of me that's very angry and I don't yeah. know then what to do with it after reading yeah. your book. <laughs> so yeah. walk us yeah. through these big stories of like, shouldn't we, aren't those examples of where we're very angry in the right way? What do we do with you it? Feel, you sure feel like it, but there's a, I can show you a billion other things to be angry about too. Mm -hmm. Like, so if you're a Christian, this is radical, um, but it's always been radical. As a Christian, well, let me, let me say something first before I get to that. It's weird to be in this stage of the earth's like stage of society. Like people haven't been aware of all the stuff that can happen around the world all the time. Right. I mean, I don't think we're equipped to handle that, frankly. Agreed. Like you turned on a TV show and got involved in a story that you would never know about <laughs> otherwise. Agreed. The second thing is you can't do anything about that stuff. You can only do stuff within your sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a much healthier way to live. If you're part of a hunting gathering society or part of an agrarian culture, like typically humans are, you're not aware of some horrific thing that somebody did a thousand miles away or even a hundred. So bearing the weight of Israel, Palestine, or the weight of mm -hmm. Iraq, Iran, or the weight of the civil war in Sudan. I mean, we can go on forever right. and we can go on forever in human history, Cain and Abel. Mm -hmm. How much of this am I supposed to get worked up about? It's a, it's a great question. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is, as a Christian, the shocking thing is that we actually believe that we're just as bad as anybody else. Mm. I'm not saying we're as bad as citizens. Some people are better citizens. Some people are better to live with. But the idea is I'm responsible because of my sin, my brokenness, along with everybody else, for the execution of an innocent man that happened in public 2,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, we actually believe this. That was a pretty bloody thing, a pretty visceral, ugly murder yep. that I, I believe I'm implicated in. That's right. So how do I view other murderers? 
how do I view other sinners? How do I? Well, it's got to be through the lens of God has forgiven me. He was even on the cross saying, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's scandalous. It's radical to say that I am going to leave the final judgment to God on these things. I'm not going to be consumed with anger against strangers or even against people close to me who've done horrible things. I, I put in the book of Unoffendable the most extreme forgiveness story I have ever heard for that purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's a guy from Cambodia. If you, if you haven't read the book, I just spent one chapter. I read his book. Yeah. yeah it's incredible. Mm-hmm. He was lined up by these communists, these, like neighbors who are communists. He and his family, I think like 12 people in the family, I can't remember the number, line them up along a pit, hack them all to death with hoes and machetes and threw them all into this same pit. And they thought they had killed him, but he was still alive. And he laid there in that pit with his dead family until nighttime emerged out of the hole, escaped, ultimately became a Christian and then realized, I have to forgive these people. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he really he's like, there's no he understands he can read the scripture like I don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. And he actually did. He actually encountered one of them later. Mm. And it's not that you're again, it's not that you don't want real world punishment, you know, like the justice is you want justice done mm-hmm. but it's not out of anger that just that just makes it worse mm. that's the attachment so, part of it right where we then keep the pain yeah. from it we're just going to hang on to it again and we think it's righteous it's actually maybe self-righteous at a deep level and this is mm-hmm. all of us struggling with this but it's, mm-hmm. it's like somehow i'm capable of rendering judgment because i'm not as bad as these other people mm-hmm and I don't think there's room for that in Christianity. In fact, I think it's the antithesis of Christianity where I'm supposed to forgive as I'm forgiven. Yeah. So, okay, so that's, that's a really big point. And just to not, not to answer for too long, but this is really important mm-hmm. that every morning you wake up and you become aware of just grateful that God forgave you. You're not operating out of guilt, just gratitude. Yep. And then you decide, I'm going to extend that to other people today, even before they do stuff that I know they're going to do. They're all going to be, they're all going to, people are going to do people stuff. So my mentality now is I'm forgiving people in advance. It's a much p- more peaceful way to live. And then I will take action to defend the vulnerable. I will take action in my sphere of influence to, to set things right as I can. I love that. That's so good. And, and you went back to that word and I want to use it again, like the action point. I think one of the things in reading your book in hearing these conversations and listening to a lot of your talk on this, that is so, so important is we are in a social media world where we, you say this well in this explaining this, where it feels self-righteous, I think is really so much of it. Like I'm angry. We all should be angry at this. Shouldn't we all be angry at this? I'm in with the good guys. Right. Right. And the reality is holding on to it does me no good. There's nothing I can do about that terrible story I saw yesterday or Israel other, you know, outside of prayer. But the reality is in my center of influence, action is where manhood's at. Yes. And I yes. love that you're saying this. And I just want to I just want to hammer that home for the guys listening. If you care about the story that you feel righteously anger about, angry about, it's what you do with it that will count, right? Yeah. 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 And you need to operate not out of anger because it clouds your judgment. Mm-hmm. And I make the point too, like we know this, that anger doesn't help, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want the police doing their job out of anger. 
We don't want judges and juries, people who are charged with the justice system. We don't be angry. It'll help you with your judgment. It doesn't. Yeah. It makes it worse. It clouds it. You don't train the military to operate out of anger. You want, you want to be thinking, you want to think in the moment Mm. to do what's right. So we do pat ourselves on the back for getting angry. We get angry at people for not being as angry as we are about the Mm. things that we're angry about. Mm. Right. Like there's no end to this. That's right. And the other thing is it inhibits actually taking action. They've done studies about that. Like the people who will tweet angrily about stuff, they actually don't sacrifice anything to set anything right. Right. As a general rule, there's a, there's an inverse relationship Hmm. between online posturing and and actually doing something. And it makes sense because if you think being angry is righteous, you've done your part. You've done it. (laughs) That was the action to tell everybody how wrong this was. Yeah. Yeah. I said it. I, (laughs) I am angry now. Great. 75 likes, you know, later. Yeah. Feel really good about it. <laughs> so uh, this this idea then that you're talking about, and you, you've said a few words around it, but I'm going to talk about it in terms of choosing. Like you said, like, I just, I've decided. That's the same thing, right? Like you have made a choice. And I think like the idea of having a choice with anger is really empowering. And so choosing not to be offended is like a precursor for my day is such a powerful thing. When you read this book, it's just, again, guys, if you're listening to this, there's a link for it. You'll be able to buy the book, go, go buy the book, but you have a choice, right? Talk, talk about like the choice that we have in dealing with this. You already have, but expound on that. Yeah. Well, okay. You're going to choose to, for one thing, choose to be grateful for your own forgiveness. That's the resource for this. Yep. That's it. If you don't have that, it's going to be hard. Mm. Um, but you're, you're thankful every day that God's forgiven you. So you, you choose to dwell on that, to start the day. You also choose not to be shocked by humans doing the same stuff they always do. When someone cuts you off in traffic, <laughs> yes. that's part of being in traffic, right? Yes. Like there's all these things that humans do. We're like, I can't believe this happened. Like, yes, you can. This is how humans act. Even turning on the news, there's violence in this like, Right. I mean, it's horrible, but I, I'm not shocked by the nature of man. I can tell you that. Yeah. If you're somebody who's a Jesus follower, be like him. It actually says that he he knew what they were thinking. It says no one had to tell Jesus what men were like. Mm-hmm. Like He knows. So you're not going to be scandalized by people anymore. Mm. You're not going to be shocked at human behavior again. And then another thing you can choose. This is really important is before you even open your email, I'm not going to let anybody offend me. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to return a kind word for everything. When you do choose a kind word, you may, you'll probably puncture their anger against you. They'll be bewildered in the moment. If it's, if it's not online in person, if you don't return their anger, it's, it's, they don't, they actually don't know what to do with it. Absolutely. It, It blows circuits, but, but here's the better thing. If you use a gentle answer and it turns away wrath, it actually turns away your own wrath. Mm-hmm. So when you kindly respond to an email or a comment online, you don't feel like it, but you do it. You actually have just freed yourself from stewing about that the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. You have done it. Yeah. If you're cut off in traffic and you find yourself saying something kind and gentle about the person, like, Lord, please help her today with whatever she's got going on. She just cut me off, but... Like help her find peace today for her and her family. Yeah. 
People think that sounds ridiculous or too far out. It's not. Yeah. And what will happen is instead of stewing about being angry, you'll arrive at work after your commute and you're actually fine. You're refreshed. Yeah, that's really amazing. We, we have a we have four principles that we kind of cover in our in our ministry being and, and they're all like they're all mentioned in the affirmative, like the aspirational view. Right. I am a man of integrity. I'm a man of discipline. I'm a man of strength and I'm a man of joy. And the joy piece is very interesting, Brant, because like you can kind of like work your way and push your way through. I'm going to be disciplined with my exercise today. I don't feel like it, but I'm going to do it. You can kind of be that way when it comes to honor and just like, I'm going to honor this, but my heart's not in it. The thing that guys have said in our ministry that like is the hardest is being a man of joy. Yeah. And the connection yeah. between joy and unoffendable, everything that yeah. you say is just like blowing my mind of like, that's such a huge piece. It's this pre-deciding every day that I'm going to be a man of yeah. joy. And one of the phrases we use is that my happiness and attitude isn't dependent on my circumstances or feelings. So Jesus is so genius about this. So genius. Yeah. So like, so about what you just said about not depending on my circumstances, most of, not most, but a, a ton of the Sermon on the Mount, he's saying stuff like somebody hits you in the face, turn mm. the other cheek. Someone makes you walk a mile, you walk the second mile. This isn't about like, just be compliant. It's actually showing the opposite. It's showing you don't determine my life. Yeah. You hit me in the face. You expect me to hit you back. I'm not gonna. Yeah. You don't deter. You don't, you don't decide the way I behave. You want to make me walk a mile? Okay, I don't have a choice. You know, you're forcing me to do it. I'm going to keep walking. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because you don't determine how I react. Yeah, you can't take so joy. Something, no. Okay, so something that's that's a really good observation about joy. Joy isn't something you can just go. I want it. I got it. Right. It it comes it comes as a as a result of doing other things. So it's, it's the practice, the discipline of forgiving people in the morning will actually sideways bring in joy into your life. Exactly right. So there's, there's, these, there's these practices or things you can do to develop your own personality or have God renovate your personality. And that comes from these practices and these other, these other disciplines. Like you said, you started with, I'm, I'm going to be disciplined and have integrity. Isn't that true? Yeah. Like they, they're so... They all build on each other. And again, I, the yeah. genius of God, of course, he's God, right? But like, we're trying to figure out like, wow, he's actually right. Like, we're shocked at it, which is amazing. <laughs> like, Who knew? Who knew? So that, that's one thing about um, the practice. You, you, there are some things that are truly awful. So you have this fight or flight response. Somebody's done something horrible. To be able to forgive them in the moment is tough if you haven't practiced. That's right. So I literally call, I, it sounds like a joke, but I call traffic forgiveness practice. <laughs> right. It's like shooting, it's, this is a low leverage forgiveness situation. You know, it's not about you, it's about them. So it's you shooting free throws at 2 a.m. when everybody else has gone home from the gym. Yeah. So that it becomes second nature. When it's crisis time, 12 seconds left in front of a full crowd. That's it. You just, it's second nature now. You just, you, you become so disciplined at forgiving people and seeing people as broken because you're broken too and you're going to love them anyway you it changes your personality and it just so happens that you become more christ-like that's right gosh that's so good which is the point that's right yeah and when we we try to give these these principles we pray through these and we say i am a man of joy i am a man of 
honor. I'm full of integrity and I keep my commitments, all these things. What's interesting is that we're actually not, right? It's an aspirational view. And when I connect this back to humility is why I'm saying this of what you've mentioned already before. This the, the connection to humility is when I realize on a day-to-day basis, I'm not normally that man. I want to be more of that man, but I'm not normally. Yeah. It actually yeah. leads into more forgiveness and less offense was taken of somebody else because I realized my own nature. Yes. So that's, that's a big point. Uh, people have asked me, well, do you get offended less over, mm-hmm. and over time? And the answer is, yeah. Because if you're constantly, remember the resource to be able to forgive people is your own forgiveness. Like you're so grateful. Right. But to be grateful for your own forgiveness forces you into humility. And if you're forced into humility every day, it's a good, healthy humility. It's not, I'm, I'm terrible, I'm the worst. It's, it's understanding why you're so thankful. That's right. If you're like that, your ego is not bruised very often. Mm. It can't be because you've, you've become you become more humble by the practice of focusing on your gratitude Hmm. and you do become less offendable when you don't have a big ego. So true. You're, you're not as threatened. What if I got to lose? Like, okay, yeah, I can make mistakes. I can apologize. I'm sorry. I really am. I'm going to try not to do that again. Instead of defending yourself all the time, Hmm. like it's just so much lighter way to live. It's funny. And I, Again, I, I've already kind of said this and we're running out of time already, but it makes me think of your other book, <laughs> The Men That We Need, like just the connection to this false idea, this false narrative or belief of what a real man is, is so connected yeah. to pride and ego. It's so opposite of everything we're talking about and unoffendable. It's just, yeah. it's, it just kind of blows your mind. Like when you start to see it, like this is the beautiful part about being a Christian. Like when God gives you eyes to see it, you can't unsee it. You're like, oh, it all just makes sense. It does. Unoffendable is the opposite of the devil. Yeah. And it'll bring order to your home. Anger will bring chaos. But like any woman you talk to, she's like, I don't want to live with an angry guy. Mm -hmm. I want to live with a guy who's willing to take action to do what needs done, but not angry guy. And you can see that like the whole goal of being a keeper of the garden, which is the focus of that book is like, it's at odds with anger. Yeah. You want, you want security in your home. That's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, in, and again, that's our role. We we've kind of like thought of it as I'm here to defend the whole world, right? Like that's why I'm righteously anger at what's happening in the world and whatever these stories are. And yet it messes up my world in the end. Like how counterproductive. It is. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, I encourage guys like shut the news off. Mm. Like people that keep it on 24 seven, I'm sorry, but their whole raison d'etre is to make you mad. And like, you've got to be a per. we need you to be a different person mm-hmm. with your actual people in your actual life. Mm-hmm. We don't need you worked up. And I especially, I talk to older guys, especially about that. Cause it's like, they're the ones vegging out with the news 24 seven. Like we actually need you to be wise. We need you to be at peace. Yep. We need you to have this deep sense of joy, regardless of, we need to be learning from you, not watching you get worked up about the, you know, the next segment. That's right. (laughs) That's exactly right. Well, let's kind of like, we'll kind of steer it towards the end this way. You're very involved in um, Cure and some different things that are just really, um, 
just beautiful things. And I want to say, I want you to tell us a little bit of that real quick. Sure. And then connect how giving your life to a beautiful cause is a, you know, an outflow of this conversation today. Yeah. So cure, if you haven't heard of it, please go to the website. It's cure.org. The neat thing is some people have heard of it from like Tim Tebow who works with us. And, um, like Chris Tomlin's on the board of cure. He's a, a musician and great guy, but like, it's kind of the world's best kept secret. Mm-hmm. And anybody who goes to one of these hot, it's a network of surgical hospitals around the world. I never had thought about this until I met somebody from cure. There's ton, there's millions of kids that have correctable disabilities. So they're like, they're not able to walk, but if they got a surgery that with that they would easily get in the U S they could walk. Mm. And so some believers were like, well, we need to do that. And then we need to heal and proclaim the kingdom. And that's what these hospitals do. They're overtly about Jesus from start to finish. Everybody gets to hear the gospel, the kids, the parents, they're all in desperate straits, all these patients. And we charge them zero dollars and zero cents and they get life changing surgery and they get prayed over. The surgeons pray over each kid along with a text when they're like, it's the most amazing thing. And if you go to cure.org, you'll see what I'm talking about. But the coupling of actually healing people and telling them about the kingdom, it's like I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, powerful. So I, I, I use the example of like Jesus healed people. It wasn't just like a. It's like you couldn't think of anything to do for miracles. It's like, <laughs> right. You could do all sorts of stuff, right? But he, he, I call it an advanced trailer of heaven. Mm-hmm. He's showing that the kingdom of God is already breaking through. And we get to be a part of that. So this is where my effort and my work and my money and all that stuff goes to these hospitals. Any, anybody who visits one is, is smitten. They'll, they'll come back and be a raving lunatic like me. Absolutely. You can imagine. Yeah. So for me, it's it's a... It's a blessing. It's a blessing because I feel like as a guy, I'm not particularly gifted in a lot of areas. And um, like I can't fix stuff and I'm not a good athlete. I've got some visual disability myself. And um, but uh, I get to play a role as kind of defender of these kids Mm -hmm. by giving or being involved. And that's a pretty sweet I don't know. It's a sweet thing to me. I just think God lets me be part of this. Amazing. That's so cool. Well, and I, yeah. and I think like what what I think of it for you, Brant, is like you're so when you're so busy doing action that's good, you're less consumed and just have this apathy of mind where you're more likely to be able to like care about if the guy cut you off in traffic. Totally. That's a hundred percent true. You got momentum going. You got a larger vision. Mm-hmm. Like that is, that is entirely true. So I, I think that's been missing even in Christian circles. Cause, and I know you're, you're working to reverse that. And I appreciate that. Cause a lot of times for guys, it's like, well, we don't want you doing pornography and we don't want you, you know, doing this or that. And like, stop it with that. Okay. But what's the bigger vision? Mm-hmm. Cause you can't let go of any addiction or any problem unless there's something better that you're grabbing onto. That's right. And so laying out a vision for what we're actually when we're clicking on all cylinders, what we're actually like is incredibly important so that, yeah, these other things are like, that's just a speed bump. I don't even care. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm on a mission here. That, so that's right. Yeah. Being on mission. I love that. That's a great way of kind of, you know, capturing this. This is what, this is what men were made for, by the way, we're very apathetic. 
because we're not on mission. So like our sports take over, the women thing takes over, alcohol, like whatever it is. But then you get yep. involved in cure or you get involved in the lives of the men in your church or the men that are right next to you at your work cubicle or you get on mission, you're going to be less likely to be offended at every stupid thing that doesn't hold on to you anyways. Totally. And not and, and to fall into stupid habits, like just if, if you're busy, a lot of times it's just a schedule change that can help you with some of this stuff, like just staying busy. That's right. And stay, having a, you know, binding yourself to wonderful things and then suddenly it's not as big an issue anymore. Exactly. Well, as we wrap up, Brant, uh, we, I mean, at least from my, my perspective, we could talk forever cause there's so many like, you know, channels for this, but I appreciate your time so much, but tell guys like, how, how can we find your books? Uh, the things that you're involved in, tell us a little bit more about that real quick. Sure. The books are on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or whatever. Um, and, uh, I do a podcast almost daily called Brant and Sherry Oddcast. So it's kind of humor oriented, but a lot of hopefully insight on faith stuff too. Um, so it's a, kind of a mix and, um, gosh, I'm at brandhanson.com too, but if you just want to go to cure.org, forget me, <laughs> check it out. Like, like, say you're a mechanic. You want to give a little of your income. Now you're a healer. That's right. Like you're not just a mechanic. Your like, kids will be walking because of you. So that's why I'm so excited about that. Amazing. Well, Brent, thank you so much. I really we're so grateful that you'd come on and, and serve our little ministry as we reach out and just try to serve men. And so thank you for your time. Appreciate you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for what you're doing, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So guys, listen, if you're again, if you're listening to this conversation today, you got to pick up the book. I mean, we didn't even open it and cover any of the stories, maybe just the one there from the guy in Cambodia. But there's so many amazing stories. Brent's got his own personal stories in there. They're really powerful. It isn't just something that he's just talking from research right i know he lives this and again, we don't have time to get into that right now but uh, buy the book we'll put the links there for cure and all the other things so you can connect with brand he's the personality of the year many times so we've got to go connect with this guy <laughs> the irony of that is i don't really have that much personality <laughs> that's the lord it's so awesome yeah so check it out there's an amazon store at getinthefight.club you guys can check out my store and get his books there and some other things but uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for being in the fight for your life to live a bigger, better life. I think this unoffendable thing can help you. Definitely read it. Check it out. Talk about it. If you disagree, let Brant know. Uh, you can email him at his website. God bless you all. Have a great day. We'll see you soon.